Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Maju. And I'm Kate Maju. And we're married to each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Hey, hey, welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk. I am joined by my lovely wife, Kate Majuk. What's up, Kate? We are getting so close to the fantasy playoffs. I know my blood pressure is elevated. Well, yeah, is... Most leagues have about two weeks. So yeah. two weeks of regular season left. These wins are extremely important. Even if you already, you know, you got that playoff spot locked up. And okay, awesome. you need you need some cushion for the yeah. cushion. Yeah, you do. You try to get that number one seed. Try to get that by because any team can beat you in the playoffs. It's all about just getting to the playoffs, right? So right now, if you're sitting as an eight seed and mm-hmm. six teams get in in your league, if you can just squeak in, that's all that matters. Because fantasy football, A, is just so random and a lot about luck. So we just, we're here to get you into those playoffs. The NFL decided to do us dirty. There are six teams on by in week ridiculous. 13. Do they know what important fantasy week this is? Like, no, I don't think they care. No, that's that's they don't. The, that's the crazy thing. I don't think they care. And it's not just six teams. It's at least three of the teams are very fantasy impactful, right? The Bills, they're going to be on by. So no Josh Allen, mm-hmm. who has been getting me all these wins all year long. Yeah. No Vikings. I have TJ Hawkinson in far too many leagues. Mm-hmm. We got the Ravens on by, the Bears on by. So no DJ Moore or Justin Fields if you're counting on him. And then the Raiders and the Giants. So really just Josh Jacobs and Devonta Adams. And I can't Saquon even Barkley. I can't even play Tommy DeVito. <laughs> I know, right? I, I am playing Tommy DeVito in uh, a Superflex league right now. So. Yeah, I'm going to have to figure that one out. Well, if you were playing him, then I'm guessing you have no other quarterback options. Is it a dynasty Superflex League? It is. And I've had some injuries at quarterbacks, so Tommy DeVito is kind of my guy. Yeah. I mean, those those leagues get pretty crazy. I might need to pick up Joe Flacco. (laughs) Like, just in case Dorian Thompson-Robinson is unavailable, Uh, Joe Flacco might get the start. I don't know. might YOLO it a few times. Okay, well, y'all, we're going to talk about actual quarterbacks that are going to be relevant for fantasy this week. Not Joe Flacco, not Dorian Thompson-Robinson, not Tommy DeVito, uh, because a lot of us play in our normal, you know, regular redraft leagues, and we're just trying to win those championships. So let's hop right into the quarterbacks. We're going to go through all the position and all our rankings, as we always do. Start right at the top here with quarterbacks. Of course, Dak Prescott. Jalen Hurts and right there at the top. CJ Stroud, love this week, as do you. But let's talk about Brock Purdy. Let's jump into him because we both have him as a top five quarterback this week. It was not what we expected last week, right? Because weeks 11 or 10 and 11 were fabulous for Brock Purdy. Everyone was super pumped about him last week against the Seahawks. Ended up being the quarterback 25 on the week. But now he gets the Eagles. 
a wonderful matchup. Mm-hmm. So we both are saying he's going to get back on track and have a huge, huge week. Here's the thing. So, like, Brock Purdy having an incredible season. Yes. Uh, week 12, Brock Purdy, not so much. But it was still a good game. He just Debo Samuel stole the rushing touchdown. Then Christian McCaffrey stole two rushing touchdowns. So it really wasn't. It wasn't a bad game by the 49ers. It was just, it didn't fall Brock Purdy's way. Now, the biggest concern I have, and Michelle, you can speak to this as, I guess, a huge 49ers fan. I don't know, Mrs. 49ers podcast. Brock Purdy on the road just has not been as fruitful for fantasy. That is my only concern the 49ers are going into Philadelphia territory. Obviously, this is a very hostile environment. This is the NFC Championship rematch, maybe the NFC Championship preview. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of hatred between these two teams <laughs> right now. I think this is going to be a really tough environment to play in. Like Philly, I think for anybody would be a tough environment to play in. These two teams in particular, I don't think it's going to get any easier. I think this is going to be loud. It's going to be charged. Oh, it's going to be feel like a playoff game for sure. It's going to be It's going to feel like a Super Bowl. Like, this is yeah. what I'm projecting. And the 49ers, Brock Purdy in particular, has not been as efficient on the road. He has not been as effective on the oh, road no, as his, he has been at home. His home road splits are quite drastic, for especially for fantasy points, but all, all across the road here. But I do think in this matchup, with the Eagles allowing the second most fantasy points to the quarterback position this year, and they're like point one away from the commanders who were all drooling to start any quarterback against like and allowing the second most passing touchdowns this year I think their secondary is that bad and it will be a super hostile environment but I expect the Eagles to be able to put up points and the 49ers will put up points in this game and it's really hard to run against the Eagles too so that's why I think Brock Purdy against the secondary he's gonna have a good game I agree which is why I have Brock Purdy ranked so high but these are just my my yeah definitely hesitations. Yeah. He's my quarterback five. He's your quarterback four. So like a negligible difference. But that is my only my only question about Brock Purdy. And I, well, we can say the same thing for this next guy, Tua Tagovailoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can he have a good game on the road for once? He gets the Commanders. So I just brought up the Eagles are only behind the Commanders in fantasy points allowed. They've allowed twenty eight passing touchdowns this year. No one else. No other team has allowed more than 23. Also, they're getting destroyed on deep receiving yards and deep receiving touchdowns, which Tyreek Hill is obviously leading the league in both of those things because he's insane. He, There's no one in the secondary that can possibly cover Tyreek Hill. So you would think if Tyreek Hill has a huge, massive game, Tua should be pretty solid. No pass right? rush, no secondary. Yeah. Like This team has absolutely nothing, but he doesn't do anything Tua, on the road. That's the thing about Tua. So, like... Every single efficiency metric that you can look at for Tua from completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdown percentage, interception rate, fantasy points per game, every single one. He has a, not just like a kind of drop off. Like we're talking, we're talking a very significant statistical He's had one game this year on the road with over 14 fantasy points and that was in week one. So we're talking week one since he's put up more than like, and if he gives you 14 fantasy points in a week this important, like you're going to not be happy. And just to be clear, that game came against the Los Angeles Chargers who are like, we're talking all these good matchups for quarterbacks. The Los Angeles Chargers, excellent 
matchup for opposing quarterbacks. So, like, that's his sample size. Like, but we will say, with all this information that we're spewing out, <sighs> we have Tua ranked extremely high. Mm-hmm. You have him at quarterback four and quarterback five. I'm trusting the matchup. I'm trusting Tua can get it done in this insanely easy matchup. It's not just that, like, you're trusting the matchup because you are trusting the matchup. You can trust this matchup even for very average quarterbacks. I do think Tua's an above-average quarterback with more than above-average weapons. Like, yeah, it should make sense. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, he should have a huge game. If he can't in this game, then you can never start Tua again on the road. And just to be clear, so rest of season, he's got this game in, in week 13. Oh, his against playoff schedule is the scariest. Well, he's got the Baltimore Ravens in week 17. That yeah. is terrifying. In Baltimore, yeah. that's terrifying. The good news is he's got, like, other than the Ravens in Week 17 and the Commanders in Week 13, he's got home games rest of season. Yeah. So, like, maybe we're going to have a decent schedule. But they're tougher road games. They're they're tougher home games, but. I don't want to have Tua on my roster right now. But if you have him and you probably don't have a trade, your trade deadline's probably passed, but maybe come up with a different guy on your bench. Not for this week. This this matchup is too amazing, but maybe for the playoffs. Moving on to Trevor Lawrence. Ugh. Listen, I know, but we say, ugh, right? And you have him ranked as quarterback seven. I have him quarterback six this week. Listen, Lamar is on a bye. He hasn't been doing much anyways, but Josh Allen's on a bye. Josh Dove, Justin Fields. It's just like a lot of these mediocre fantasy quarterbacks are going to get pushed up this week because mm-hmm. of six teams on a bye. And Trevor Lawrence has been really good the last two weeks. So quarterback one in week 10 and then quarterback, or sorry, in week 11 and quarterback seven last week in week 12. The Bengals are middle of the pack against quarterbacks, right? It's not like a match if you're dying to play your quarterbacks against, but they're fine. I just think with Jake Browning on the other side of the ball for the Bengals, the Jaguars defense is going to demolish them. Especially they're going to shut down Joe Mixon. I don't really think Jake Browning's going to do anything. So the Jaguars are going to have this ball on the offensive side, what, 40 minutes of the game, 40 minutes and 60 minutes. And Trevor Lawrence has been getting it done. Now he's been getting it done because he's got three rushing touchdowns over the last two weeks. Besides that, he still doesn't have a three passing touchdown game yet this season. I hate him moving forward after this game because he has to face the Ravens and the Browns and the Panthers, three of the worst matchups. But I do think this week you could still plug him in and he'll give you a good week yeah I I think especially considering the quarterbacks on by you should feel fine about Trevor Lawrence now the Bengals they have been a matchup that have allowed like some big explosive plays and you know we just saw the Steelers offense able to get in some rhythm obviously they had a little bit of energy a little bit of juice after Matt Canada was fired but like we saw Kenny Pickett look pretty decent against this Bengals secondary. And again, they've been allowing, you know, even if they're not, you know, necessarily the most fruitful, they've, they've allowed plenty of explosive plays, which I think Trevor Lawrence between the vibes he's getting with Calvin Ridley right now, like he's got all the weapons for explosive plays. I did find this stat though, that I needed to share uh, while researching for our podcast. Kirk cousins has thrown six more passing touchdowns. (laughs) than Trevor Lawrence this year. <laughs> Kirk well. Cousins last played football October 29th, and he didn't even play a full game. That's incredible. That is incredible stats. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has one or fewer touchdowns in seven of 11 games, I believe, this year. 
I don't have that. I don't That's have like it in the front same of me, number as me. Yeah, it's uh, it hasn't been pretty for him for fantasy. I have one but or fewer touchdowns in seven of 12 this games week. This year. I feel like all we're doing is talking badly about these guys that we have ranked high. But for sure, I feel best about Brock Purdy than two of by far. And then Trevor Lawrence is ranked super high for me at six. Yes. But I don't feel I don't feel nearly as comfortable with him as the other two. But I still think he's a solid play this week. And then what about, so go a little bit lower here, right? With guys that. Haven't been fabulous as of late. Jared, jump, jump, low girl. Jared Goff, he gets the Saints. Russell Wilson, he plays the Texans. Both are on the road. Who would you rather go with, Jared Goff, Goff or Wilson? I do think, okay, If I think it depends on what you need, right? So you look at Jared Goff, he's definitely had the higher upside overall this season. He's not been fantastic. Like, he's had ups and downs, but... He has had the higher upside. I will say Russell Wilson, generally speaking, he's had a pretty safe floor. Like, generally speaking, um, he's he's just kind of been – yeah, he has been, been right. He's been a low-end QB1 to high-end QB2 most weeks. Like, he didn't kill you in any week. Probably didn't win you any week. Yeah, no. And uh, so for me – my generally my general philosophy at this point in the year, you probably need upside. So that's why I lean Jared Goff. Again, he's on the road, which we know that's been kind of a problem for Jared Goff in general. It's in a dome, right? Mm-hmm. It's in a dome. Yeah, and that's all you need. You need a dome for Jared Goff. And I will say you're going to see your app, right? Whatever app you play your fantasy games and it's on. It's going to be like... Red, it, red, red. Yeah, it's going to say the Saints allow the 11th fewest fantasy points per game to quarterback. So it's going to say the red, like below average. But honestly, it's shocking they've allowed just the 11th fewest fantasy points per game because these are the quarterbacks they've faced. Desmond Ritter, Tyson Badgett, Garner Minshew, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, and Ryan Tannehill. That's six of their 11 games. And then you just add in Josh Dobbs, Baker Mayfield, and Jordan Love, who these three, they've allowed over 23 fantasy points. Uh, in like to those quarterbacks this year and like those three quarterbacks should be named with those first guys I mentioned but like those guys didn't do anything and Josh Jobs, Aker Mayfield and Jordan Love all had fantastic games against the Saints so it has nothing to do with their defense it's just they face complete garbage so Jared Goff is fine he has a super high ceiling even last week with fumbling the ball one gazillion times he still finished as a quarterback oh my eight God, on the that week. was laugh I was giggling the entire every time Jared Goff touched the ball. It was on the ground. It was bizarre. It was incredible. It was fun to watch. I like Jared Goff. I I like the upside. I like the potential there. And Russell Wilson, I like the matchup is fine. It should be a decently high scoring game. Like this is a Texans offense that I think is going to like push the envelope for the Broncos a little bit. Like, yeah, I think both are fun. I have them ranked back to back. I have Goff a Russell Wilson nine. But, but again, if you if your whole goal is to have a quarterback who's not going to kill you, yeah, Russell Wilson, sure. But I I just I prefer having a little bit of upside. I, you know what? Maybe so, we're just being mean to to Russell Wilson though, because like Russell Wilson actually been kind of solid this he's year. He's been okay. Know. Yeah, he's been okay. Not much upside, but he's been okay. Let's talk about a guy that's had zero upside, but I'm actually considered playing this week. All right. I so, really, I've been waiting for this segment. I, this is the whole reason I was excited to record today. Okay. So <laughs> I have Josh Allen 
mm-hmm. in many leagues, right? Yeah. So I have to pick up a quarterback off waivers. Yeah. I also have Kyler Murray in one mm-hmm. league. We'll get to that. But is Kenny Pickett our boy? <laughs> I say our boy very loosely because we're Steelers fans, not obsessed with Kenny Pickett in the slightest. But you is he playable? Baby hands, baby hands Pickett? Baby hands Sam Darnold is what we call him. Baby hands Sam Darnold? Is he playable this week for fantasy? Because let me tell you, he has not finished inside the top 15 fantasy quarterbacks in any given week this season. He's finished as a quarterback 21 or worse in each of the last five weeks. But why do I think Kenny Pickett is a fine play this week against the Cardinals? Because I'm actually excited for it. I think he puts up a couple touchdowns for once. That would be the third time in his career that he has done that. Third time? I thought it would be second. Two passing Mm -hmm. touchdowns? I think it would be the second. Pretty sure it would be the third. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, now like very interesting. So first of all, I would like to note. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with our process, what we do, we put in our rankings and Michelle being the lovely wife that she is, she goes in and she writes notes, like questions, uh, talking points that we want to hit on. And Michelle wrote, is Kenny Pickett pliable this week? <laughs> Which pliable, I think, what is, what is the formal definition of pliable? Cause I'm pretty sure it means like flexible, Hey, okay. it kind of goes. Pliable, easily bent, mm. or flexible. So, I don't know, Michelle. Do you think Kenny Pickett is pliable this week? I think he's very pliable and playable. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, Steelers defense, bend, don't break. Maybe, hopefully, Kenny Pickett also bend, don't break. Um, I, I don't know. Kenny Pickett, I, I would like to just say Kenny Pickett has one singular game with two passing touchdowns. So this would be his second of his career, Yikes. which would be pathetic. But I really think it, it's such a nice matchup, right? You get the Cardinals, who they were supposed to be such a bad defense all year long, but it, it they started okay, but it's definitely falling apart as of late. They I allowed, mean, what do they have to play for? Like, Nothing. I know. They allowed Matthew Stafford to throw four touchdowns last week, and Stafford has not been throwing touchdowns at all this season. They allowed 336 yards and two touchdowns to C.J. Stroud the week prior. They allowed Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke to combine for 18 fantasy points, which Yikes. isn't anything, that, anything insane, but, like, come on. It's but, the Falcons quarterbacks. Yeah. And then Deshaun Watson the week prior to that had one of his best games of the season, really, with the Browns against the Cardinals. So they're falling apart. And we saw Kenny Pickett last week without Matt Canada have – his first game this season with over 250 passing yards. He should have had that long touchdown to Deontay Johnson. They didn't challenge it, so he didn't get it. But I just think that against in this matchup, without Matt Canada, this should be a game he gets two touchdowns. I think it should be. Um, I don't know if it will be. But, I mean, everything that you wanted to see from Kenny Pickett in Week 12 you saw. So let me ask you. And I would Am I crazy that, to play Kenny Pickett over Kyler Murray in the same matchup? Ooh, okay, so here's the thing. Week 13 might very well be the first time that the Pittsburgh Steelers have all of their best defenders on the field at the same time. Okay. That is scary. Cam Hayward, like everybody, Cam Hayward got injured in week one. Minka Fitzpatrick, he, uh, he got injured in week eight. The following week, Cam Hayward finally came back. So like, They have had all of these superstars on defense all season long. None of them have been healthy on the same field all at the same time. Okay. So, like, you've seen the Pittsburgh defense give up a ton of yardage. But uh, I don't know. The other caveat here, so, like, 
that would tell you, no, you don't start him. But Kyler Murray, a great rushing quarterback, right? What position is usually like the quarterback spy? It's the inside linebacker. And they have lost two starting, like two of their starting inside linebackers to season ending injuries. Is this an opportunity for Kyler Murray to post like 110 rushing yards no. on the Pittsburgh Steelers? No. I don't think he's going to do much of anything. I mean, he did nothing against the Rams last okay. week until they were down by like 20 points. And the thing is, the Cardinals aren't going to be down by 20 points in this game. Like, I know I think Kenny Pickett is going to have a, a nicer game, but the Steelers don't put teams in the garbage time situations. Like, Just to be clear, who has higher upside? In this matchup in Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett. That's scary. Yeah. You're talking about I'm a man still, who I'm literally still, hasn't thrown more than one. I'm still going to go with Kyler Murray, but I am really tempted to go with Kenny Pickett. I really am. Let's go into running backs here. That was a long discussion about quarterbacks. So we'll we'll jump into running backs here right off the top, right? Obviously, Christian McCaffrey. If you don't have Christian McCaffrey as a running back one, get out of here. I've heard of him. doesn't matter who they play. Mm-hmm. But then we both are going all into the B. John Robinson. Is he is he officially the fantasy player that we knew he could be? So right after the bye, he's the running back three on the week. Because guess what? They actually allow him to score touchdowns. They actually give him opportunities. They actually gave him the majority of the touches in the backfield. They used him as a receiver. The week before the bye, he was starting to get more work as well, finished as a running back 11. So is this where we start to see that? He's really taking over this backfield. Arthur Smith is getting his head out of his booty and allowing Bijan Robinson to be as great as we know he can be. I hope so. He's been an RB1 each of the last two matchups. And guess what? That coincides with the workload, right? 19-plus touches each of the last two matchups. 100-plus scrimmage yards in each of the last two matchups. He scored at least one touchdown in three of the last four matchups. I think this is the arrival. Me too. Like, I just I I I don't really care about matchup at this point. I just think you start Bijan. I know like New York Jets. I don't love that matchup. Period. I I don't like. I don't like. But it. you know they're not going to be able to pass on them, so they should be utilize trying to run on them because it's not like the Jets are going to put up any points on them. They should, be, should be trying to run, run the ball. Yeah. They should also be trying to get just some easy completions. You know, short yardage completions, high percentage completions, I would imagine plenty of those go to Bijan Robinson. I just think that that's going to be – if they have any hope of keeping in this game, which – like I, we're, We'll talk about Drake London in a bit. I'm totally off of anybody in the Falcons passing game. I think it's all Bijan Robinson this week. So love him. Kyron Williams went off last week. I know he has a hard matchup against the Browns, but I don't care. You just keep plugging him in. I'm at running back seven. You actually have him all the way at running back three, which is a little scary, but all he's been doing this entire year is producing. So you don't worry about the matchup here. Now we get to talk about our boy again. The love of our life, Zach Moss. Welcome back, baby. Welcome back. Now, I, I don't want to be like all excited about Jonathan Taylor's injury, but he will miss some time, at least this week. At with... least hide your smile, Michelle. <laughs> uh, the th- he, had, he had thumb we injury. Can hear, we can audibly hear your smile. Listen, no, I have Jonathan Taylor in a very important league, but I am excited for Zach Moss. You probably have... have Zach Moss in just as many very important I leagues. I know, I know, I know. 
So Zach Moss gets his chance again with Jonathan Taylor out with a thumb injury. He'll at least miss this week, but probably the next two, maybe three. But Zach Moss, is he a top 10 play this week? Because he has to be, right? Every time we've seen him this year when he's the lead back has been absolutely fantastic. We've seen him in the same matchup. They're playing the Titans. We've already seen him Mm -hmm. go up against the Titans. And that was with Jonathan Taylor back. And they gave Zach Moss a lot of those carries because JT was in his first game back. Zach Moss doesn't care. He doesn't care about, like, I mean, Titans have not been a overly terrible matchup for running backs this year. Not as terrifying as it's been in years past. Zach Moss doesn't give a poo's booty. He scored a career high 32 and a half fantasy points against the Titans in week five. 25 touches, 195 scrimmage yards, two touchdowns. He is one of, like, it doesn't matter the matchup, though. Like, even up against the Ravens, which, like, Ravens, I don't want to start running backs against the Ravens. He is one of two running backs all year long to score 20 or more fantasy points against the Ravens. The other one, Jameer Gibbs, who nobody would ask questions about, period. Like, I think most people would consider Jameer Gibbs matchup proof at this time, despite the fact that he is – splitting the backfield fairly evenly with David Montgomery and like, no, Zach Moss, like you have a team that is running the ball at the 10th highest percentage in the league. You start Zach Moss. He's a top 10 running back. Zach Moss has to be in your starting lineups. Like I don't even know else who else you would have unless you were starting, you know, CMC and Bijan Robinson and you had no other room or Jimmy like it, he just has to be in your lineup but let's talk about a guy that I think, I think Zach Moss is probably a safer option than Bijan okay I don't well safer ah. yeah ah. Ah. yeah That's you just how- literally did the thing where the girl was like uh ah. Yeah, Everybody has is. to know that thing where she's like, Mm-mm. but then she's like, well, my dad's listening right now. And he has no idea what you're talking about. We'll but the gift, the youngins know what we're talking about with the gift. Yeah. I will say there's another guy that I don't feel comfortable playing whatsoever. And it's Joe Mixon. And mm-hmm. it might sound crazy to sit Joe Mixon, but so yeah, be good. Joe Mixon gets the Jaguars this week. Mm-hmm. And I honestly very much would like to sit him. If you have any other options that are, you know, decent, the Jaguars are allowing just 3.6 yards per carry, have allowed just two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns to running backs all year. And Mixon, it wasn't just last week it was bad, right? He finished as a running back 37. It was terrible the first week without Burrow, which is very worrisome. But he's finished as a running back 20 or worse in seven of 11 weeks played this season. So he's had some good weeks, but mostly really, really poor weeks. He's been highly inconsistent. And again, like last week, it was very scary because – defenses don't have to worry about Jake Browning in the slightest, Mm-mm. like not in the slightest. So they can just stack the box. Just worry about Joe Mixon and the Jaguars are already a good run defense. I, I hate this for him this week. I don't want to play him, but like, let's talk about a guy like Devin Singletary. If you have him, if you picked him up, I would much rather play Devin Singletary this week. I know that he didn't have very many rushing opportunities last week, only six in that game against the Jaguars because they're a good run defense, but he got a lot of targets. But, like, I'm feeling so good again about Singletary against the Broncos this week. Yeah, I think Singletary, not not at all, like, a bad thing. So, like, you look at the, the carry totals, right? So you have Damian Pierce. That was the first game that he made his return from injury. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. You look at the carry total, Devin Singletary, six carries, Damian Pierce, five, and you think, Ugh, how ugly. Like, they're splitting that backfield evenly. 
Devin Singletary played 82% of the team yeah. snaps. And he ran 35 total routes on the day. Like, you cannot beat that in terms of utilization, in terms of field presence, in terms of involvement. It, like, period. He was seeing a, a ton of targets. You start Devin Singletary. And, yeah. I mean, I would much rather start Devin Singletary. Like, if you have Zach Moss and Zach or, and Joe Mixon, it's Zach Moss by a 9,000 degrees. Oh, yeah. Easily. And Devin Singletary over Joe Mixon. Easily. And then also these two guys. I would start both of them. We'll get back into the Steelers here real quick. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. I would like to start both over Joe Mixon. I feel a little bit more safer about Najee Harris scoring at least, you know, 15-ish points. But Here's the thing. So, like, you, you finally saw last week was the first week all season long that Jalen Warren out-touched Najee Harris. And oddly enough, it was like the Najee Harris breakout week. Yeah. The thing that you can look at, though, is when they get around the goal line, which is like never, it has been Najee Harris primarily. And around the goal line, it has been Najee Harris primarily in the end zone. I still think while Jalen Warren is kind of seeing that increase in role, I do think – those really valuable touches in the end zone, which I do predict are going to be a little bit more frequent without Matt Canada. Mm. I think that still favors Najee Harris. He's still 240 pounds, and that tends to work in your favor on the goal line. I still think Warren has the higher upside in any given week, Yeah, but Najee's a bit safer. Now, Najee's been a top 12 running back in four of the last six weeks, in three of the last four weeks. Like, shocking to me, right? But he's been really good. And last week, we, we saw him have a season-high 99 rushing yards first week without Matt Canada. It's also the first week without Matt Canada in his career. And I just felt like he looked so much better. Mm-hmm. Average 6.6 yards per carry. Like, he never averages that much. I feel like you you see him get a lot of these touches that are very obvious runs. And, like, Jalen Warren, you I, I think they – have always kind of pivoted him as the more versatile back and utilize them in that way. But like the cool thing about Warren is he doesn't need a lot of touches because he's one of five running backs this year, averaging over one fantasy point per touch in PPR leagues. So, uh, that's That's with Christian McCaffrey, Jameer Gibbs, Raheem Moster, and Kyron Williams, who, by the way, they're playing the Cardinals this week and Kyron Williams just what put up one gazillion points against them last week yeah like all he he could have even put up more but they were like dude you need to sit on the bench and then they let Royce Freeman break off a 40-yard rushing touchdown yeah insane Eat but them alive yeah Najee and Jalen Warren are both good plays this week much rather play game, like, yeah this is, this is gonna be good love them both but then let's talk about the other side because there's James Conner who's done absolutely nothing over the last uh, five games he's played so I know you missed a chunk of time but the f- two games prior to injury three games after injury, he's finished as the wide running back 30 or worse in all of those. Like he is doing nothing. And really the big issue is not scoring a lot of touchdowns. Maybe it's, also a, lack it's a revenge of game, you know? Yes. Okay. That's what I want to talk about. So Pittsburgh's defense, Cam Hayward, like I've already talked about the health of this defense. This defense is probably going to be healthier than it's been all year. Cam Hayward looks fantastic, but James Conner, this is not only his first game up against the Steelers since he left the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is his first game back in Pittsburgh, which that's where he played college. Mm-hmm. That is where he got his his start of his career. And 
we know the James Conner story. Like, this is a total narrative-based thing, but, like, James Conner has a very emotional tie to Pittsburgh, and I think he's going to want to have an incredible outing against this team. Now, he might want to, but you look, But you look at, like, the, the biggest issue with James Conner, like, he hasn't had a single game all season long with fewer than four rush yards, rush yards per attempt. He's been fine, like in terms of efficiency. He started the year red hot. What's been, I think, the the biggest deterrent you had um, last week played forty one percent of offensive snaps, and I think that in big part is because they got absolutely blown out of the water. I don't think that game is going to be a situation where the Cardinals are blown out of the water. I think this in my head projects as a game where the Pittsburgh Steelers look much better on paper, but the score is probably going to be relatively close. I think Connor's going to get plenty of work. I think this is going to be a, I I don't know. I, I would hesitate to sit James Connor in this matchup and, would you rather play him or a guy like Jerome Ford against the Rams or Zach Charbonnet against the Cowboys? If you had to choose between these three really quickly, which one would you choose? Connor. Yeah. I don't love Ford's matchup against the Rams. I don't love any of their matchups. Yeah. So at least I'm going to take the guy who I think he's going to be playing in a close game. I think it has the potential for at least some scoring this point totals installed at 41 points this week like one of the highest point totals we've seen all year and going with Connor. You can tell that Kate works for the Steelers because she gets very, very excited about talking about the Steelers games. I'm a huge Steelers fan, so I do too. But uh, we got to move you on. You talk more passionately about the 49ers. Get out of well, here, girl. I was just going to move on to wide receivers and talk about this 49ers game. Because of course you did. It's the biggest game of this week, mm-hmm. of maybe this year. We I get bet. the 49ers-Eagles game rematch of the NFC Championship game where – Brock Purdy goes out in the first drive. We don't really get a game whatsoever. So, you know, the 49ers are pumped to show what they can do in this game. You know, the Eagles are pumped to show that they didn't just win because Brock Purdy was out. And these two teams are going at each other this week. These That's two why fan I said bases. Super Bowl vibes. Yeah, like, it easy. is. It, it's going to be an insane game. And hopefully the weather isn't the worst because that will just be super annoying. And the weather seems to have been the worst for the Eagles every week over the last month. Anyways, let's talk about the wide receivers in this matchup. So starting on the 49ers side, we both have Brandon Ayuk as our wide receiver five this week. Yeah. Now that's huge trust in him because he's been highly inconsistent. He has had two weeks this, this season finishing as a top five wide receiver, but then a lot of pretty disappointing weeks mixed in there. Why do we feel so good about him in this matchup? So I, I think the biggest thing for me, you look at Debo Samuel, obviously, like last week got the rushing touchdown, not back in week 10, also got the rushing touchdown. Like that contributes to his fantasy success. I don't think that this team is going to necessarily look to target, you know, close to the line of scrimmage. I don't think they're going to rely solely on the rushing game. I think they're going to need to, push the ball down the field a little bit more. And for me, that just equates to a Brandon Ayuk type game. Yeah. And the Eagles are giving up 
so many, so many fantasy points. It's not to say Debo Samuel is not a wide receiver. It's just. And he'll probably be fine as well. But I will say, you know, there's been some drama with Debo in the the Eagles secondary this week. So last year. Wait, share it. So last year after the game, Debo Samuel called James Bradbury trash. He said that he's a trash cornerback, trash player. Right. And then they asked him this week leading up to the game do you regret saying that oh no or do you would you like to take it back and Debo said absolutely not <laughs> oh no <laughs> so James Radbury you know said I you know I wish he didn't oh they're gonna be chirping so I do think this Eagles defense is going to really try to limit anything that Debo does and maybe Debo has extra motivation to go out and prove what he can do too but I know that's like very narrative driven but I also matters. think that the narratives absolutely do matter and when you're a defense and like I do think the defense has a little bit more power unless you are Tyree Kill, the defense has more power in creating the narrative for the wide receiver than generally the wide receiver does. Yeah. Let's the AJ Brown, he hasn't been as good as of late. And he, this is not a nice matchup for him. I do think Traverius Ward really shut down DK Metcalf, right? Last week. I do think AJ Brown's a better wide receiver than DK Metcalf overall. I am a little bit worried about him, but I'll say I have him ranked still as my wide receiver nine, which is a little low for him. You still have him wide receiver six. Like there's no world that you're sitting AJ Brown, no. but I am a little bit worried about. What I, he I honestly, so the more I keep digging into this, I am considering moving AJ Brown down. I am truly wondering if AJ Brown is healthy right okay. now. So Looking over weeks one through nine, he was the wide receiver two. Mm -hmm. He was absolutely incredible. He was so efficient, averaging almost 19 fantasy points per game, three yards per route run, 125 passer rating when targeted. Like, he was a freaking beast. Has the week 10 by, and then since then, he has averaged uh, less than seven fantasy points per game, uh, 0.69 yards per route run. He's showing less speed. He's catching 60% of catchable targets, which before that it was very near 100%. Like, generally speaking, yards of separation down 0.6 yards per route run. Across the board, he is not efficient. Popped up on the injury report ahead of week 12 with a thigh injury. Once they, like, did the final injury report, left off the injury report. But it does make me wonder because, like, his max speed on routes, right, before the bye, 20 miles per hour. Since then, 19 miles per hour. I know, like, all of these numbers seem kind of whatever, but when you put them all together and then you see him pop up on the injury report with a thigh injury, doesn't it make you wonder if he's healthy? Yeah, but then at the same time, there's no way you're sitting Oh, no, 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 you're not. But it is. It, it so we can't really to... help much. We're like, we're not brave enough to tell you to sit him, but no, you're no, paying no, him, but, but you might have to be nervous. But I do think, like, if you had AJ Brown right now and Devonta Smith and you only had room for one, I'd probably go Devonta I do, Smith. I do think Devonta Smith will have a better game. But... And that's why, like, I'm, I'm going to swap. I'm going, like, as the week goes on. I'm going to move A.J. Brown further and further down, and then I'm going to move Devonta Smith up and up and up. I'll say A.J. Brown won't make it. He's going to stay there probably at my wide receiver nine. I do have Devonta Smith at 11, but the difference is I feel more confident in my Devonta Smith 11 ranking than I do in my A.J. Brown nine. It's just we know what kind of game A.J. Brown can have. 
but Travarius Ward did step up for the 49ers last week and really shut down DK Metcalf. So a little worrisome. Moving on to another amazing wide receiver, but he he doesn't have Jalen Hurts as his quarterback. He has Jake Browning. <laughs> it's Shamar Chase of the Bengals. And we got to see now one game with Jake Browning. And without Joe Burrow, right? It was last week against the Steelers. Wide receiver 33. Yeah. And the thing is, he put up 81 yards still, four receptions, six targets. Now, 31 of those yards came on the most ridiculous play where the ball got... It was a freak accident. This is not something you can never count on. The ball gets tips in the air. He ends up catching it. And, you know, the defense is all trying to get the interception. So no one was ready to tackle Chase. And he took it off for 31 yards. Joey Porter Jr. commented after the game. He said, I didn't know wide receivers still tried to catch balls like that. And I was like, that just shows you how weird of a play it was. He thought like, okay, we're done. Yeah. So like besides that, it's literally three receptions for 50 yards. And you're way more worried than maybe what the stat, you know, the box score says. I am really worried about him. Jaguars, it is easier to pass on them than run. So they will have to try to pass a lot. And I hope like for Jamar Chase, if T Higgins isn't there, I think that's better for him because targets won't be spread around as much but I, I I don't think Jamar Chase has a good game here here's the thing though Jamar Chase he's been dealing with T Higgins health issues all season long he's had just two top five performances all season long uh, he's had just four top 12 performances all season long so he has finished as a wide receiver one four total times yeah, the last four weeks wide receiver 41 Wide receiver seven, which is great. Wide receiver 39 and wide receiver 33. And this, like, T, again, T. Higgins health, it's been an issue this entire season with various injuries. So, yeah. like, it's not, it's not great. It's not a gimme. It's really not. It's really not. Jamar Chase I would, or Zach Moss in the flex? Uh, Zach Moss. Ah, but you you're said not, it. You said it out loud. <laughs> it's probably not a flex option. I'm going to clip here. that. I'm going to clip that piece of audio and I'm going to post it on social media. But, you know, if you have Brandon Ayuk, Jamar Chase and going Brandon Ayuk, maybe we'll get to some other guys. I would like I feel much better about AJ Brown than Jamar Chase. It's a scary matchup. Now, I will say these two guys I don't feel any better about and I don't know what to tell you about them. I really don't. But we're just going to discuss it right here. Rams wide receivers, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Heard of them. Not only have they done pretty much nothing as of late. I mean, Puka has been the wide receiver 64, 53, 12, which is fine. We'll definitely take that. And 70. So in three of the last four weeks, he's been absolutely pointless and killing you. And then more, Cooper Cup. More like poo. Kind of cool. <laughs> and the last five weeks for Cooper Cup, atrocious. Wide receiver 61, 75, 46, 87, 82. Oh, my goodness. And now they get the Browns, who are allowing the fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season by a decent chunk. Like, been incredible against stopping wide receivers. I don't want to start them. Like, I I literally just, I know it can be hard. Like, Puka, I would be more open to than Cooper Cup. I really, really don't want to start Cooper Cup. I think that's very fair. So, this past week, uh, I wrote an article. Every week, I write an article for Pro Football Focus, Panic or Antic. And I finally decided it's time to panic about this wide receiver core, mm-hmm. which, and I spent Stafford threw four touchdowns last week and they so ended the as the wide receiver 70 and 80 something Rams 82. scored 37 points. And if you told me before week 12, <laughs> that the Rams were going to score 
37 points, I would have been like both of them top five. Yeah. Period. Like no questions asked. But I spent hours last week looking at the stats and saying, what is different? So like, obviously Puka, you see a decrease in target share, right? He's, he's running, you know, right around the same amount of routes, but he's being targeted on fewer of them. Cause Oh, Cooper cup, like Cooper cup gets targets. Cooper cup has been so inefficient this year. Like, Career low is like yards per route run. Career low, 52.9% catch rate. Like, he has been Mr. Reliable Hands, and I'm trying to figure out what is wrong. So, Puka, I think the diagnosed problem is just like that decrease in volume. And I don't, like, I, I just don't think, whatever. Cooper Cup, you look at his deep target percentage. His deep target, per, target percentage in 2023 is over double what he has seen in his career, which those just by the nature of the fact that they are deep targets are lower percentage catchable targets. Like you are going to catch fewer of them. They're going to convert for fewer yards. Like I feel like it's all the perfect storm, which has created a very volatile environment that you really can't trust for fantasy on a week to week basis. Yeah. Especially in a tough matchup like this against the Browns. Yeah. I really don't want to start either of them. That's, that's my answer to you. If you have other good options, I think it's okay to put them on the bench. Now let's go over to another, another team. Adam Thielen was killing it for fantasy to start the year. Mm. He's cooled off. I mean, weeks 10 to 11, he had 10 targets, 11 targets, put up 15.4 points in week 11. But week 12, one point, one single fantasy point because he had one reception for two yards. Uh, he completely disappeared. Three targets. I don't know what happened when you have 11 and 10 the weeks prior. And then, you know, week nine game was random with just six targets as well because the weeks before that it was 11, 13, and 13. Seems like he has this random week spur. Completely disappears. But the issue is it was a really nice matchup for the Panthers last week against the Titans. Now they have another amazing matchup against the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers over the last five weeks have been giving up a ton, a ton of fantasy points because they're so injured in the secondary, giving up the fourth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers over the last five weeks. Can you trust Adam Thielen? And I yes. actually really like Jonathan Mingo this week, rookie. He led the team with just, it was four receptions, 60 yards, nothing crazy, but I think you can, I, I like Adam Thielen more than I like Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua. And I think Jonathan Mingo is a pretty solid flex play this week. Would you start Jonathan Mingo over either Cooper? Uh, or Puka you can't Nakua? answer that question. You can't. Answer I that would question. clip it for social media. <laughs> you can't. You can't ask me that question. Okay, but on the real though, I do. I love targeting these matchups where they've just fired their total. Yes, I think they're firing their staff is better for both of them, especially yes. for Mingo. Yes, especially for a rookie like Jonathan Mingo. He had second round rookie drafted super early. They're just starting to get him more involved. He's on the field a ton, but I think the play calling has been brutal. Bryce young has not looked good, but I knew coaching staff. I do. I think he gets his best players involved. It's kind of like, so this was a thing that I was like kind of all about for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cause everybody said like, well, we're not going to see any difference in the playbook. Like you're not going to switch a playbook in a week and you're not. And if you, were to, I would say that would be a really bad idea. Like, don't do that. But what you can change in a week is the way you're communicating the plays, the way that you're communicating the game plan. That, like, if you have somebody decent stepping up, like, that can be a noticeable difference. That can be something that changes the game. 
I I think you you trust that okay the emphasis is going to be on getting the ball to the wide receiver that Bryce Young start or that he trusts and I think that's going to be Adam Thielen. I like it. Do you know one guy that I really like this week? Tell me. Josh Downs against the Titans. I like him more than Jonathan Mingo. I like him more than Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. Dare I say Jamar Chase? That one, oh. that one gives me uh, worries. But I really love Josh Downs this week, and I'm playing him over guys like Drake London over Chris Godwin for sure. I hate Drake London and Chris Godwin's a just fantasy Sounds production. Personal, Michelle. I, I, no, I don't hate them as people, but <laughs> <laughs> I hate their fantasy production. I mean, with Godwin, man, it's been disgusting. He's not doing anything this year, really. And Drake London had an okay week last week but not really i mean still was only wide receiver 30 you know it's bad when you have to add like six question marks on yeah the end of your sentence. but they both have garbage matchups drake london has to face the jets who are allowing the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers and godwin has to face the panthers who are allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers i don't i literally definitely do not want to start them in mm-hmm. my fantasy lineups but josh downs on the other hand he's had three really poor fantasy performances in a row right but prior to him suffering a knee injury in week nine, he scored at least 13 fantasy points in four straight weeks from weeks five through eight. He barely played in weeks nine and 10 because he's got that knee injury early in week nine, very limited snaps in week 10. Then they had the week 11 bye, And last week in week 12, we saw his snap count increase again. We saw him get a career high 13 targets. Now it did not turn into a lot of receptions, a lot of yards, but I do think in this game, he's going to get a lot of targets against the Titans. He led the Colts in receiving yards and receptions against the Titans earlier in the year. And the Titans are giving up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. And it's only gotten worse for them since trading away their all pro safety, Kevin Bayard. So I really love Josh Downs this week. I think his snap counts increase when more targets will be there. Love him. Yeah, I mean, weeks 9 and 10 really ran, like, no routes whatsoever. It, you know, had he was to buy. active, but I'm using, like... Quote-unquote active. Yeah. He ran 13 routes in week 10. Like, coming back from the injury, yeah, you're going to expect a little bit of, like, that acclimation period. Week 12 is when you really saw, okay, 36 routes. Like, he's got some room to grow. But that's pretty much a full-time role in this offense. And I think that this matchup, perfectly fine. Like, he had five receptions, 43 receiving yards up against the Buccaneers, which we just said, like, a great matchup. And I think that's kind of, like, the absolute floor that you could probably expect this week, another week removed from the injury. I I love love the play, love the matchup. Yeah, and he has a nice schedule for the rest of the year. So if you have Josh Downs or if he's possibly sitting on your waivers because of three down weeks and Boom. plus, I mean, it's been a month since people have been able to use him. He might be on your waivers. Make sure you grab him uh, because he will be great for the rest of the year, in my opinion. Moving on to the final position, tight ends, the grossest one that there can be, right? But More like loose ends. Yeah. Mm, nice. Not really. <laughs> At the top, <laughs> at, at the top, you have two like Travis Kelsey, great George Kittle. Hey, that's my bold pick of the week, Travis wow, Kelsey. Tight end, yeah, that's really bold. You're really going. It up. kind of is because like, has he? When's the last time he finishes the overall tight end one on the week? Um, probably like a couple weeks ago. 
which it feels like it's been a while, Michelle. It's been since um, week seven, and then week six, and it's then he been was a, eight, an listen, eternity. He was a wide receiver two in week eleven. Garbage. Wide receiver, er, not wide, tight end two, and then tight end five in week twelve. Oh my god, more so garbage. Yeah. But George Kittle, we all know he's uh, highly hit or miss, right? But we both have him at tight end two because he can't. He's one of those tight ends that can legit just win you a week by himself. And we love this matchup against the Eagles. Expect it to be a high scoring game. After that. Uh, we're a little bit different on Dalton Schultz. I have him as my tight end three. You're down on him. You have him at tight yeah. end 10, which like tight end 10 is really low. Yeah. Like really, really low. Here's my thing. So love Dalton Schultz. He's mm-hmm. one of my favorite guys. One of my favorite humans. Love him. Weirdness though. Last week, I do not love the involvement from Brevin Jordan. He and Dalton Schultz kind of split work last week. And I, I, it makes me uncomfortable when I think of just the the kind of volatility there. You had Brevin Jordan, who was out for three weeks. Then in week one, right, 22% of week the – off, or Sorry, I meant week one returning. Um, 22% of offensive snaps. Then you had week 12, his second week back from injury, 43% of offensive snaps. That was the highest snap share that he's played all season long. I don't I don't love it. It didn't translate to targets, but guess what? Dalton Schultz's participation didn't translate to many targets either last week. So I'm not worried about it okay. because this matchup is too delicious. The Broncos are allowing by far the most fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. And we've I mean, we've seen these down weeks from Dalton Schultz, right? Like A, the first three weeks. But by then even even when he was a tight end two back like five weeks ago. Then he was a tight end 39 the next week. Tight end one four weeks ago. Then tight end nine. So he dropped down a little bit. Tight end five three weeks ago. Tight end 55 last week. So we've seen this go back and forth right for him. I think this matchup is just too good and he's well, going to I be guess highly involved. If you look at the pattern since after the first three weeks Top five tight end, not a fi- top five tight end. Top five tight end, not a top five tight end. <laughs> he is alternating every other between week. being a top five tight end and not being a top tight top. That is a lot of words. <laughs> not a top five tight end every other week. So that means it's a so last week he was the tight end fifty five. So this week top he five. is top five. Okay, I got to adjust my ranking. You got to move him up. There no, we go. You that is the analysis that y'all came for. <laughs> yeah. I will say Pat Fryermuth. We got to talk about the Steelers one more time. Uh, I am feeling better about him than you. I am at tight end four. You have a tight end nine. But even for you to have him as a top ten tight end after how he started the year last week was his first good week. By like first week he did really anything right. But he had a career high nine receptions, 128 receiving yards last week. I think he sticks with it. The Cardinals haven't been the easiest matchup for tight ends, but they did allow Tyler Higby to score two touchdowns last week. I'm not worried about the Cardinals secondary, and I'm all in on Pat Fryer with this week. I mean, yeah, you, I love love the the situation for Pat Fryermuth finally targeting the middle of the field, which I do think that was the biggest issue you saw. Pretty much zero involvement from Pat Fryermuth. Obviously, he was dealing with injury, but even before that, Zero involvement. Well, and can we just talk about really quick? Can I please get share things? Kenny Pickett's stats over okay. the middle of the field? Because they make me want to scream. I feel like some people don't understand how Matt Canada could really like hurt a team so much. And, you know, it was it Kenny Pickett. And I don't think Kenny Pickett's a great quarterback in the slightest. But 
hear me out here. Kenny Pickett last week, week 12, first week without Canada, nine completions, 133 passing yards when targeting the middle of the field just last week. Weeks four through 11. So this is a seven game span. He had 12 total completions and 104 total yards targeting the middle from weeks four through 11. So he had 30 more passing yards over the middle in just one game that he had seven, the seven prior games to Matt Canada because Matt Canada refused to use the middle of the field. Well, and so like big picture wise, like what that does in limiting an offense no yards after the catch. No yards every, after the catch. Every catch is impo- like so tough because you're trying to catch it on the side. Like right. trying to catch it in bounds yeah. and get two feet in, which like that's you know George Pickens' specialty. It, also, the defense just has to cover the edges because you don't. I mean, yeah, it it creates a disaster. There is a whole. You don't have to cover fifty percent of the field if you're the defense, and that and means- guess what, Pickett. Targeting the middle of the field looked good last week. It Shocking. worked. It worked. So, yeah, Pat Frymouth, keep plugging him in because uh, they finally got rid of Matt Canada. Goodness gracious. Thank goodness. Let's talk about another tight end that has fallen off a bit. Evan Ingram. But he gets a really nice matchup against the Bengals this week. You have him as tight end four. Last three weeks, finishes a tight end 22, 18, and 11. So pretty bad. Yeah. I have him down. Where do I have him at? I have him at tight end nine. So I'm not as bullish on him, but I, I still think he's a fine play. And mostly because of this matchup, it is really nice. Second most fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. Just under 71 receiving yards per game to the tight end position. They've allowed 70 plus receiving yards to a tight end each week since they're by including two 120-yard games, one of which came from Pat Fryermuth just last week. Like this, like Evan Ingram, when you look at the efficiency stats compared to the wide receivers at this point, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram has been the most efficient receiving option. It leads the team with a, a target share of 21.3% uh, targets on route, routes run. He leads the team in contested catch rate, lowest drop pass percentage. Like Evan Ingram has been the most efficient receiving option. And when you pair that with one of the most efficient matchups for opposing tight ends, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. I might, it's easy. I might move him up a bit because it's math. I have Jawan Johnson, right? I have both Taysom Hill and Jawan Johnson sitting ahead of Evan Ingram. Now Taysom Hill, I feel great about he's been nothing but consistent. Finishes a tight end six, six, four, eight. Had one down week at 26 and then tight end 10. Like, you know you're going to get points from him. And then also, Lions are above average matchup for fantasy tight ends. And that's who the Saints are playing this week. And all the Saints wide receivers are injured. I mean, Michael Thomas, out. Rashid Shahid dealing with a thigh injury. Uh, Chris Olave dealing with a concussion. We'll see if he can clear protocol before this week. But they're really going to have to utilize Hazem Hill and Jawan Johnson. So Jawan Johnson last week with all these wide receivers being out for half the game. He saw a season high seven targets turn into just four receptions, 45 yards. But we did see last year, he had some good fantasy weeks when he was needed. So I think Jawan Johnson's a really solid play this week. I mean, you have Dalton Kincaid on by, you have TJ Hawkinson. Oh my goodness. That one's going to hurt 
yeah. on by. Like you, you have these guys that you've been depending on on by this week. Even you know Cole Komet, Isaiah Likely. You might have to go to the waiver wire, and I think Jawan Johnson's a really solid play off the waiver wire. But uh, I really love Taysom Hill this week, and then let's talk, just finish this off with Jake Ferguson because <sighs> I don't I don't know what to do with Jake Ferguson, especially this week against the Seahawks. So, I don't think you play him. You don't think you do? No. No, I don't think you can either. So the last two weeks have been brutal. I mean, six points, four points, and that's I have him as my tight end six in my rankings. I just I don't I don't know why I did that. I'm going to have to move him down. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm... Mm. I have him as my tight end 11, and I don't even feel good about that. Three receptions, 32 yards in week 11. One reception, 35 yards in week 12. And the thing is with him, he's so, so incredibly dependent on touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. But the Seahawks have allowed one total receiving touchdown to the tight end position this year. If he gets a touchdown, he'll be fine. He'll be a fine play. But he... Probably won't have more than 35, 40 receiving yards in this game. And that will probably come on two to three receptions. So you're not going to get a ton of points there. He has to get the touchdown. And maybe the Seahawks allow it. But, it, you know, the stats say they're pretty stingy against that. Yeah, and it... So probability is not great. Also, you look at sort of the the last few weeks, right? Like we, I, I feel like over the last month or so, We've seen a little bit more involvement from Brandon Cooks, especially you yeah. know in the touchdown department, and that has been Jake Ferguson's sort of bread and butter. Most of his tight end one performances this year have come on the back of touchdown games, like, yeah. and that makes it really hard to to swallow. His floor really pretty low, like his floor is like twenty to thirty yards, and. That's kind of it. Yeah, I really don't want to play this I week. Lo- just to be clear, I love love Jake Ferguson. Like well, I, I, oh, I don't love him like that. You love him. Like I that? love Jake Ferguson, and I think he's going to be a great dynasty tight end. I think, like, I have way too much Jake Ferguson, but I, not this week, sweetheart. Not this week. Yeah, Jawan Johnson having in. I definitely have him over him. Pat Fryer with Taysom Hill. Like those are all better options. Even maybe Logan Thomas. Yeah. It's like Jake Ferguson's playable. If you don't have any of these top 12 guys, and then maybe you just hope for that touchdown after that. We got through all the positions. That's it for our week 13 rankings. If you have any questions, you can hit us up on Twitter. I am at Bob Blastem, Bob Blast E-M. And I'm at Kate Maljuk. And uh, no one's going to be able to find that because they don't know how to spell your last name. M-A-G-D-Z-I-U-K. And I'll just rewind that about 30 times and then maybe (laughs) you can find it. But uh, each week I do a fire and ice column on thegameday.com. And that gives you all of my favorite plays of the week more in detail with my descriptions. And then also I list every single fantasy relevant player into different categories with emojis. So you can go check that out. I also have an NFL.com column for uh you know sell high buy low if you still have your trade deadline pushed out a bit or maybe playing dynasty so go check that out and kate you have a lot of great work as well i do uh check my work out over at behindthesteelcurtain.com if you want anything and all things Steelers, uh check us out over there i've got work coming out on pff uh in case of emergency plays uh some high risk high reward sleepers for week 13 and uh what else i got 
Week 13 bus, baby. Yeah, yeah. And if you love the Steelers as much as we do, go check out Behind the yes. Steel Curtain because Kate runs that site and is killing it over there, giving fantastic information every single day and entertaining all Steelers fans. Again, any questions before Sunday morning, hit us up on Twitter. Good luck, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye.